Welcome to another playoff edition of the JP Hoops Podcast. As always, it's your boy, Justin Pora, coming to you on Monday, June 7th from Long Island, New York. It's a great time to be a basketball fan. It is a great time to be a sports fan. So if you are a sports fan and maybe you like to wager on games, maybe you're just interested in people chopping it up about betting lines and everything going on in the sports world then why aren't you on the Book It Sports app? It is the only app that exists in the entire world that gets an entire community of sports gamblers together to talk about what picks you're riding, to meet new people, ride bets with others, professional handicappers if you want to get pro picks. Where else would you go other than the Book It Sports app? Go check it out. It's NBA playoff time. It's NHL playoff time. We got European soccer national teams going at it in the Euros starting this week. It is a wonderful time for sports. It's a wonderful time to wager a little bit of coin. We're in the thick of things in the MLB season as well. Go check out the Book It Sports app. We have a packed show. Second round matchups just starting to get underway in the NBA. Coming off an intense Game 7 Between the Mavericks and the Clippers, I cannot believe that the Clippers got away with losing three games in Los Angeles, but they still exist, and the Western Conference is wide open. The defending champion Lakers are out. The defending Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat are out. Who knows what's going to happen? I'll do my best to break it all down. So let's start with the series that just wrapped up Sunday afternoon between the Clippers and the Mavericks. Now, I want to start with one thing. And, you know, I'll get through all of the matchups in the Western Conference, but let's just look at the surface level of what we have going on right now. So there are four teams that remain. You have the Utah Jazz, led by Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. You have the soon-to-be... MVP of the league in Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets taking on a young, talented Devin Booker with Chris Paul, who's never been to a Western Conference Finals on one side of the bracket. And then you have Kawhi Leonard, two-time Finals MVP, and Paul George with the Los Angeles Clippers that clawed out of a tough series, the hardest series In the playoffs so far, the only one to go seven games. And they will face the team with the best record of the regular season, the Utah Jazz. So when you look at the matchup on paper, the Jazz have been the better team all season long. Top four offensive efficiency, top four defensive efficiency. The only team in the league to do that. And then you have an emerging superstar, Devin Booker, on the other side. Nikola Jokic probably going to win MVP on the other side. And then you have the Clippers who have been shaky in the playoffs. Probably should have lost this series to Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. Doncic went sicko mode with 46 points in Game 7. But they were able to stave them off and stay in this competition. 
So when you look at the landscape of the Western Conference, I have one question for you. Who do you trust to make the NBA Finals out of this group? Would you trust any of these teams to win an NBA championship in the Western Conference? And I'll tell you this. I don't think I trust Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. This is a team that blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets just last season. Sure, the Nuggets made the Western Conference Finals last year, but they went down 3-1 twice, have lost their second-best player, and now have to go face a red-hot Phoenix Suns team. And the Suns, while they are red-hot, and they're riding a high right now, taking down LeBron James for his first-ever first-round loss in his career, but these are guys that haven't played many playoff series, You have Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, the only two with legitimate postseason experience that get real game time minutes for this team. Sure, Cameron Payne was on those Thunder teams, but what did he contribute then? Along with Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Devin Booker, never seen the playoffs before, DeAndre Ayton. Sure, they showed out against the Lakers, but you have to wonder how long they're going to last. And then you have the Clippers. A team with a ton of uncertainty. A team that really struggled against the Mavericks. But hit their stride in the last two games of that series. And when they wanted to put the Mavericks to bed, that's exactly what they did. Tyron Lue, obviously a coach that has made three NBA Finals and won one. Kawhi Leonard, two times final MVP. Rajon Rondo, he's won a couple NBA championships. This is a team that is equipped to make the NBA championship and to win the Western Conference. And when you gauge the confidence level that you have in every team in the Western Conference, how do you not have the Clippers on top? Sure, the Jazz won in five. The Nuggets took down Damian Lillard, who was red hot. And you have the Suns obviously taking down the defending champions. But these are all really young teams with tainted playoff experience. The Phoenix Suns haven't made a playoffs in 11 years. The Nuggets went down 3-1 twice last year. And got maybe a little bit of lucky. Maybe they were just good enough to do it. But they're flawed in a lot of ways. And they're missing their most clutch player in Jamal Murray. And the Jazz team that was one of the teams that blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets last year. Donovan Mitchell is the superstar of that team. Does he compare at all to Kawhi Leonard? Does he even compare to Paul George? I don't think so. So when you look at these teams and their playoff experiences and the expectations surrounding them, no team has more to lose in this playoff than the Los Angeles Clippers in the Western Conference. The Jazz overexceeded expectations this year. The Suns have already surpassed any expectation that they had. And the Nuggets, they lost their second superstar, So they're really playing with house money as well. All of the pressure in the Western Conference 
is on these Los Angeles Clippers. And where it stands right now, I think they're going to make it out of the West. Two-time finals MVP. Looking like he is ready to take over the postseason after what we saw from him in Game 6 and 7. 45-point performance in Game 6. Near triple-double in Game 7. Kawhi is ready to go. Tyron Lue, a coaching masterpiece on Sunday. These Clippers are geared up and ready for this moment. And they know if they don't do it this year, they're going to have a whole lot of questions to face. What is Kawhi going to do? Is he going to leave town? Does Steve Ballmer want to blow the whole operation up? And yes, the Jazz had the best record this season. But it would be a massive disappointment if the Los Angeles Clippers couldn't get past the Utah Jazz in the second round. As it currently stands on sportsbooks, the Jazz a minus 130 favorite to take down the Clippers. The Clippers plus 110. And if you don't really know gambling, that means that it's pretty much even, but the Jazz have a slight edge. Probably because the Jazz finished off the Grizzlies in five, and it took the Clippers seven to take down the Mavericks. Game one of that series is going to be played Tuesday night. Jazz are four-point favorites. A little bit of short rest for the Clippers playing Sunday afternoon and having to fly to Salt Lake City. Well, it's going to be a great series, and I do feel really good about the Clippers bringing their A game and giving the Jazz everything that they could handle. And when you look at the experience of every team in the Western Conference, none of them stack up to the experience level and championship pedigree of the Los Angeles Clippers. All right, so let's talk about the team the Clippers just defeated to get to this point in the Dallas Mavericks. Now, they did everything they could. They won every game in LA up until game seven. You can't drop three at home. That's just, that was the series. Before game seven, every road team won. If Dallas steals one game at home, whether it was game six, Game three or game four, they needed one of those games and they would have advanced to the next round. But if we learned anything about the Mavericks, here's what we've learned. Luka Doncic is a superstar. A superstar in this league, already a undebatable top 10 player in the sport at 22 years old. Here's another thing we learned. They whiffed on Kristaps Porzingis. An absolute whiff. They got him to be a second star next to Luka Doncic. And he just isn't that. I mean, when you look at what he was doing in this series. And look, he has spoken out. And he said that, oh, they're not treating me like a co-star. They don't want me to be the number two to Luka, they kind of see me now as an afterthought. Buddy, you scored more than 15 points three of the seven games. And you never scored more than 20 points. 20 was where he tapped out at. Game one, Porzingis stat line, 
14 and 4. Game 2, 20 and 4. Game 3, 9 and 3. Game 4, 18 and 5. Game 5, 8 and 6. Game 6, 7 and 5. And his best game, I guess, game 7, 16 and 11. I mean, that's despicable. Played at least 27 minutes in every game. And in game 7, they played him the most. He had nearly 43 minutes. He only took 12 shots. Went 0 of 5 from beyond the arc. If this is going to be the second star next to Luka Doncic, this team isn't going anywhere. And you want to take advantage of having the young kid while he's still this young. Because you want to build a foundation that makes him want to stay. And now questions are going to come out about him signing the Supermax. I bet he will because that means, you know, after the third year, it's going to be $40 million paydays for the kid. But if he cares about winning championships, Mark Cuban's got to get more around him. I mean, Porzingis is maybe a a pretty good three, but they need a two. Can't be Tim Hardaway Jr. Okay? You can't have... Everyone loves Boban. Shouldn't be the starting center on a contending team. Just can't happen. I'm sorry. I know everyone loves him, but I mean, come on now. You need someone else to take the load off of Luka Doncic. So this team can be successful. Second year in a row, he has been excellent in both playoff series against the Clippers. And they just don't have enough to get past them. And the Clippers aren't great. I'm not picking the Clippers to win the West because I think they're this perfect world-beating team that everyone expected them to be last year. I only did it based on experience. And Dallas getting a second crack at them. They pushed them one game further than they did last year. And still not enough. They need to do more for Luka Doncic. And I expect them to make big waves in this upcoming offseason because I think they realize what they have is something very special and they need to capitalize on it. Speaking of Luka Doncic, let's tie him in with one player he'll be compared to for the rest of his career. And whether it's fair or not, he and Trey Young will always be joined at the hip. And from what I have seen in this playoffs, I can say this confidently. It is the perhaps greatest trade we have seen in NBA history. And if it's not the greatest, it is the most balanced trade in NBA history. If you don't remember, back in 2018, the Atlanta Hawks had the number three pick in the draft. DeAndre Ayton goes one to Phoenix. Marvin Bagley the third goes second to Sacramento. The Hawks had the third pick. They trade with the Dallas Mavericks who had the fifth pick in the draft. And we all know like technically Atlanta drafted Luka. Then he gets traded for the fifth pick. And then at five in the trade back, Atlanta winds up going with Trey Young. And Luka Doncic obviously goes to Dallas. And you could argue, obviously, and I don't think this is a hot take, Luka Doncic is better than Trey Young. 
He does more offensively. He is a very gifted passer. He's obviously bigger than Luka is. He has uh, than Trey Young is. He has the size that you want in this league. But these two are both born leaders. They are a ton of fun to watch, and they both fit into the culture of the team that they're on. And Atlanta right now has a better supporting cast than Dallas has. Luka is more built to kind of carry the weight of the franchise on his shoulders. That's just the type of player that he is. He relishes it. And I think Trey Young does a little bit too. He relishes being the face of the franchise, but I don't know if he could handle being the lone star on his team. And when you have Bogdanovich, who's been great for Atlanta, Gallinari has been playing pretty well. Kevin Herter has been a very nice piece. John Collins is obviously there. Clint Capella does a lot of good stuff. Lou Williams coming off the bench. He just fits right in. He finds those guys. He is very patient with the ball. He could shoot from 40 feet. He's incredible. And it's Atlanta. Trey Young fits very well into the culture of Atlanta. And Dallas, a franchise that had its most success with Dirk Nowitzki, another European. Now they get Luka Doncic. He fits right into that culture that they have in Dallas. And yes, Luka is the better player than Trey. That's not the point I'm trying to make. And if Luka was in Atlanta, would they be as good? Yeah, probably. They, they might be better. And I'll tell you what, if Trey Young was in Dallas, he wouldn't be nearly the type of player that he is now. They might not even be a playoff team. They'd just be one of the teams competing at the bottom of the Western Conference for maybe the eighth seeder or in the playing tournament. But when you look at how the fit is for both of these teams, both of these franchises, how each team plays, the culture of each team, where these two guys are at in their careers. I think it is the most balanced trade in NBA history. And I think it has done a ton of good for both franchises. No one should knock the Atlanta Hawks for trading Luka Doncic. Because they got Trey Young and that dude is an absolute baller. He just went into the mecca of Madison Square Garden. Lit up the Knicks 30 points a game. And then in game one against the one seed, Philadelphia 76ers went ballistic. I believe 35 points in Philly. And you know what? There were a lot of times in that game where Atlanta looked like they were unraveling. They could have definitely lost that game. Philly was down by as much as I think 25 points and they cut it within four in the weaning minutes of that game. And Trey Young said, hey guys, let's just relax. Bogdanovich is a very clutch three-point and free-throw shooter. Let's get him the ball. Let's stop turning it over. We can do this. And they did it. A huge game one win in Philly. And look, Luka, with that supporting cast, they were never supposed to win that series against the Clippers. Plus 330 going into that series. And they pushed him all the way to game seven with a chance to win in the fourth quarter. And it just didn't happen. And you know what? It will happen. Luka Doncic is going to win 
so many trophies in this league. MVP trophies. He'll probably be first team All-NBA this year again. And he will be a future Finals MVP and an NBA champion. He's still 22. And Trey Young's 23. And the Atlanta Hawks are in the second round. It's a perfect trade. It works great for both teams. And it's great for the future of the league. We have two really fun teams in Dallas and Atlanta that we're going to be watching for a long, long time. And I honestly don't think either team would have it any other way. And I don't think the players would want it any other way. They're both going to get big paydays this offseason. And they both really deserve it because they prove their worth in the postseason. All right, so... Since we brought up the second round matchups, let's get a little deeper into it. Let's talk about this Philly-Atlanta series. Atlanta obviously comes out red hot in game one. You know, barely misses a shot. But the Sixers got a big momentum victory for what they did in that fourth quarter. Down by 20-something points. Cut it all the way down. I think it was three points at one time. Atlanta, a young team, looked like they were ready to crumble under the pressure. They turned the ball over at half court a couple of times. Philly capitalizes on a couple of dunks. The crowd absolutely erupts. And you know what? In the end, they were just down by too many points to start with. So they can never make a true comeback. But I think going into game two, the Sixers have to feel great about where they are. They have to feel great about it. I don't think if you're a Philly fan, you should get so discouraged by losing game one. Because by the end of game one, Doc Rivers, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, they realized they're the more talented team. And whenever they want to turn it on and whenever they hit their stride, they can outduel Atlanta any day of the week. And Atlanta, obviously they feel good about coming out with the W and they have to feel great about how they played for three and a half quarters on Sunday. But they realized that Philly found their rhythm at the end of game one and now they'll know exactly what to do going into game two. They have to high pressure the ball. They have to make Trey Young give it up as soon as physically possible. And they have to defend the three-point line. If they do all those things, look, Atlanta is never going to shoot as good as they did in that first quarter. They had 40 points at the end of the first quarter. I don't think that's going to happen against this defense again. Not against Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid in this defense. And Joel Embiid playing injured now didn't look very limited by the injury on Sunday. I still think he looked pretty good. Cheeky double-double, 30-plus points. He looked like he's going to be just fine for this series. Meniscus tearing all. So, if I'm a Philly fan, shout out Alex Davis. Hope you're listening. I'm not overreacting to the game one loss. In fact, I feel great about how that game ended, even though the Sixers came up with the L. Because they pushed back, they showed that they are the better team, they showed they're the more experienced team, and they really are going to flex their muscle, I think, a lot in Game 2. I really, really like the Sixers to maybe rub it in a little bit for Game 2 of this series on Tuesday. 
the other Eastern Conference series, the one we knew about after the last podcast, the Nets and the Bucks. So let me say this as someone who I've been on the Milwaukee Bucks train all year long, and I still think that they're going to beat the Nets in six. However, game one couldn't have went worse for Milwaukee. James Harden gets hurt in the first 40 seconds of the game. Already out for game two. Didn't play the rest of game one. So Milwaukee has to think, all right, you know, the only way we were going to lose is if they outscore us. The second head of the three-headed monster is out. We can get this done. And Brooklyn dominated that game. Dominated them. Kyrie and Kevin Durant couldn't have played better. You get insane production from Joe Harris and Blake Griffin. And they just outscore them. That is how the Nets are going to win games. It's only going to be about offense for them. But they make it work. It shouldn't work in the postseason. But it's working out pretty damn well for them. And if you're Milwaukee, Chris Middleton, not your best game, dude. You got to be better. Look, Giannis gave you what I thought he would give you. He gave you 35 points. That that's what you're going to expect in this series from Giannis. But if you're Chris Middleton, 6 for 23, 0-5 from 3, only 13 points, that is the difference in this series. When you look at, let's say, Giannis and KD cancel each other out, you need Chris Middleton to at least give you Kyrie Irving point totals. And yeah, you want to say, oh, they have Brian Forbes who is red hot against the Heat. Okay. Drew Holiday, oh yeah, he's great. Gonna gonna clamp up Kyrie. No, he's not. No one could clamp down Kyrie one-on-one. Too good with the ball in his hands. He'll slow him down. He will not clamp him up. This whole series is going to depend on Chris Middleton. If he doesn't shoot 6 for 23, maybe they come up with a win. I don't know. Crazy thought. That is the difference in the game. They lose by eight points. Chris Middleton goes 0-5 from three. He makes two of those. It's a three-point game. Who knows what happens? Giannis gave you 34-11. and That's what you're going to get from him this series. I would expect that to happen again. He shot 67%. You know, you can't ask for every guy on this team to go head-to-head with the Nets starters. But one of those guys is Chris Middleton. He is being counted on to be the second scorer on this team. If he can't do that, Milwaukee's toast. You don't feel good about that game one if you're Milwaukee. Not as good as the Sixers feel from their game one loss. Game two, if they want to make it a series, that's tonight, Monday night. It needs to be a different story, starting with Chris Middleton. Western Conference, talked a little bit about the Clippers and the Jazz. The Jazz, you know, made easy work of the Grizzlies. Once Donovan Mitchell came back, they won all four games. Again, it's just a matter of trust. Do you trust Kawhi Leonard to win this series? Or do you trust Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley to win the series? Me personally... I'm rolling with the two-time finals MVP, the two-time NBA champion, 
the championship winning head coach Tyron Lowe and the Los Angeles Clippers. I think the Jazz have the depth. I think they've proved all season long they could control the tempo of this series. However, when you look at the luck of both of these teams, historically, the franchises, the Jazz may have made more NBA Finals, but they don't have history of winning these championships. And I'm not saying the Clippers do either, never made a conference finals ever, but at least they have a man on their team that has done that in Kawhi Leonard. Paul George has been to conference championships. Rajon Rondo has won NBA championships. Tyron Lue, the coach, won an NBA championship. Just a matter of trust, and I trust the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't know how much I trust the Utah Jazz. They're a great team. Best team throughout the regular season. And I was very high on them all season long. But I think the Clippers, with the way Kawhi Leonard played in those last two games, are going to be a handful for the Utah Jazz. And then I think the most fun series, probably in the whole playoffs, is going to be Phoenix-Denver. Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. versus Chris Paul and Devin Booker. If Jamal Murray was in this series, I would take Denver by a lot. Seriously, I think they would mop the floor with the Suns. But the Suns really showed us something against the Lakers. And Denver looked vulnerable at times, especially trying to guard a guy like Damian Lillard. They're going to have the same type of problem with Devin Booker. You know, just guys with limitless range, guys who could control the game, and guys who score wherever they want on the court. Could really go either way. I think the Suns are going to come out of this series. I think they're the hotter team. I think Chris Paul is really going to dictate the tempo of this entire series. You know, another home playoff series that starts in Phoenix. Place is going to be absolutely rocking. I just think they have more complete of a team than Denver does without Jamal Murray. I think this series goes seven. I don't think it's as much of a easy pick as the sports book makes it look. I think Phoenix is at minus 220 to win the series. I think it's a lot closer in that. However, I picked the Suns to win in a very good, exciting series. I knew that Denver was going to get past Portland. As good as Damian Lillard is, you know, it, that organization looks like it's going into shambles. I mean, they part ways with Terry Stotts. Damian Lillard says he wants Jason Kidd to be the coach. Jason Kidd doesn't want to be the coach there after hearing that. It looks like a little bit of a train wreck. Everything's starting to unravel. Is Damian Lillard going to get traded? Who really knows what's happening in Portland? And Denver got past him in six. And the Phoenix Suns just got past the Los Angeles Lakers. Granted, with a injured Anthony Davis. And I guess in the last podcast, maybe it didn't seem like I took that injury as serious as it really was because I think he was more injured than I thought. He really tried to give it a go in game six, but obviously he just couldn't do it. So that's my bad. I'm not a doctor, but when you look at Phoenix, they played the perfect series against the Lakers. Denver played a good series against Portland. I think it's going to be one hell of a second round matchup. 
And the West is wide open, man. I mean, I, I'm picking the Clippers of where everything stands right now. But that's only because of the experience of the team. I think all four of these teams are a ton of fun to watch. Clippers are, are the least fun of the bunch because they're so damn frustrating that you don't know what you're getting from them every night. But every other team is a ton of fun and you'd love to see any of them in the NBA championship. It's going to be a great second round. Recording this on Monday, June 7th, we got game two of the Bucks nets which everyone will be watching tonight, 7.30. Following that, game one of the Nuggets Suns. I think that's going to be the most visually exciting uh, series of the second round. I really do. And Atlanta, Philly looks like it's going to be on that tier as well. Bucks nets if you love offense, that's your series. And Clippers Jazz, if you're rooting for chaos, that's the series you want. All four of these series are so much fun. Is it weird without LeBron James? Yes, a thousand percent. James Harden being hurt really stinks for the Nets, but I don't think it changes things dramatically. Actually, KD and Kyrie are the two players that have the most experience playing with each other on this team for the season. So maybe that bodes a bit better for them. But anyway, tonight, Bucks Nets, Nuggets Suns, Tuesday night, Hawks Sixers game two, Clippers Jazz game one. We are in for a terrific week of NBA basketball, and I can't wait for it. Content's going to be coming out from the JP Hoops pod. Be sure to track my bets on the Book It Sports app. Go follow me at jpora on the Book It Sports app, at JP Hoops pod on Twitter. I appreciate y'all. And I'll talk to you next time.